Welcome to the podcast. This week we are discussing the evolution of the spirit. Each week we generally start off with the story of an individual associated with Abdu'l-Bahá during his travels. But this week we wanted to feature someone from today. Music as we know is the ladder for our soul. Performing for us today is Mitch Doran. We hope you enjoy his song. seasons I know I hold no regret within my own cause I knew you held fire within your soul and I'm not afraid to die if I can hold the same light in my eyes I know it's just another doorway particular one that I wish to take just another soul to take flight, wing my way to paradise I wouldn't call myself a saint That's not a picture I wish to paint I've done my best to keep from sin The things I've done I wouldn't do again And I know your son has said I will follow you but not just yet And if at night you hear me weep that's a secret I've tried to keep I've done my best to hide it from view Keep my pain from touching you But it's hard to keep it enclosed This thing that I love the most And I see our warriors lost Just our heroes, holocaust we can do it, I believe we can Raise the battle cry again Singing Ya Aliullah Singing Ya Aliullah Singing Ya Aliullah Singing Ya Aliullah And I know it's hard to stay in the light from the moment we awake we fight Yes, it's hard being us Wake at dawn, push till dusk I do my best to remember the 18 the Troubles they knew were nothing like we'll see I try hard to keep my heart from falling into the deep I recommend you do the same If it's done well, we live again so just try, take a stand, raise the battle cry again. Singing ya, Aliula. 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 Singing ya, Aliula.
You're listening to the Journey West podcast, dedicated to following the travels of Abdu'l-Bahá in the West. The Evolution of the Spirit, November 10th, 1911. Abdu'l-Bahá said, Tonight I will speak of the evolution or progress of the Spirit. Absolute repose does not exist in nature. All things either make progress or lose ground. Everything moves forward or backward. Nothing is without motion. From his birth, a man progresses physically until he reaches maturity. Then, having arrived at the prime of his life, he begins to decline. The strength and powers of his body decrease, and he gradually arrives at the hour of death. Likewise, a plant progresses from the seed to maturity. Then its life begins to lessen until it fades and dies. A bird soars to a certain height and having reached the highest possible point in its flight, begins to descend to earth. Thus it is evident that movement is essential to all existence. All material things progress to a certain point, then begin to decline. This is the law which governs the whole physical creation. Now let us consider the soul. We have seen that movement is essential to existence. Nothing that has life is without motion. All creation, whether of the mineral, vegetable or animal kingdom, is compelled to obey the law of motion. It must either ascend or descend. But with the human soul, there is no decline. Its only movement is towards perfection. Growth and progress alone constitute the motion of the soul. Divine perfection is infinite. Therefore, the progress of the soul is also infinite. From the very birth of a human being, the soul progresses. The intellect grows and knowledge increases. When the body dies, the soul lives on. All the differing degrees of created physical beings are limited, but the soul is limitless. In all religions, the belief exists that the soul survives the death of the body. Intercessions are sent up for the beloved dead. Prayers are said for their progress and for the forgiveness of their sins. If the soul perished with the body, all this would have no meaning. Further, if it were not possible for the soul to advance towards perfection after it had been released from the body, of what avail are all these loving prayers of devotion? We read in the sacred writings that all good works are found again. Now, if the soul did not survive, this also would mean nothing. The very fact that our spiritual instinct, surely never given in vain, prompts us to pray for the welfare of those, our loved ones, who have passed out of the material world does it not bear witness to the continuance of their existence? In the world of spirit, there is no retrogression. The world of mortality is a world of contradictions, of opposites, motion being compulsory. Everything must either go forward or retreat. In the realm of spirit, there is no retreat possible. All movement is bound to be towards a perfect state. Progress 
is the expression of spirit in the world of matter. The intelligence of man, his reasoning powers, his knowledge, his scientific achievements, all these being manifestations of the spirit, partake of the inevitable law of spiritual progress and are, therefore, of necessity, immortal. My hope for you is that you will progress in the world of spirit as well as in the world of matter, that your intelligence will develop, your knowledge will augment, and your understanding be widened. You must ever press forward, never standing still. Avoid stagnation, the first step to a backward movement, to decay. The whole physical creation is perishable. These material bodies are composed of atoms. When these atoms begin to separate, decomposition sets in. Then comes what we all call death. This composition of atoms, which constitutes the body or mortal element of any created being, is temporary. When the power of attraction which holds these atoms together is withdrawn, the body as such ceases to exist. With the soul it is different. The soul is not a combination of elements. It is not composed of many atoms. It is of one indivisible substance and therefore eternal. It is entirely out of the order of the physical creation. It is immortal. Scientific philosophy has demonstrated that a simple element, simple meaning not composed, is indestructible, eternal. The soul, not being a composition of elements, is, in character, as a simple element, and therefore cannot cease to exist. The soul, being of that one indivisible substance, can suffer neither disintegration nor destruction. Therefore, there is no reason for its coming to an end. All things living show signs of their existence, and it follows that these signs could not of themselves exist if that which they express or to which they testify had no being. A thing which does not exist can, of course, give no sign of its existence. The manifold signs of the existence of the Spirit are forever before us. The traces of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the influence of his divine teaching, is present with us today and is everlasting. A non-existent thing, it is agreed, cannot be seen by signs. In order to write, a man must exist. One who does not exist cannot write. Writing is, in itself, a sign of the writer's soul and intelligence. The sacred writings, with ever the same teaching, prove the continuity of the Spirit. Consider the aim of creation. Is it possible that all is created to evolve and develop through countless ages with this small goal in view, a few years of a man's life on earth? Is it not unthinkable that this should be the final aim of existence? The mineral evolves till it is absorbed in the life of the plant. The plant progresses till finally it loses its life in that of the animal. The animal, in its turn, forming part of the food of man, is absorbed into human life. Thus, man is shown to be the sum of all creation, the superior of all created beings, the goal to which countless ages of existence have progressed. 
At the best, man spends four score years and ten in this world, a short time indeed. Does a man cease to exist when he leaves the body? If his life comes to an end, then all the previous evolution is useless, all has been for nothing. Can one imagine that creation has no greater aim than this? The soul is eternal, immortal. Materialists say, where is the soul? What is it? We cannot see it, neither can we touch it. This is how we must answer them. However much the mineral may progress, it cannot comprehend the vegetable world. Now, that lack of comprehension does not prove the non-existence of the plant. To however great a degree that plant may have evolved, it is unable to understand the animal world. This ignorance is no proof that the animal does not exist. The animal, be he never so highly developed, cannot imagine the intelligence of man. Neither can he realize the nature of his soul. But again, this does not prove that man is without intellect or without soul. It only demonstrates this, that one form of existence is incapable of comprehending a form superior to itself. This flower may be unconscious of such a being as man, but the fact of its ignorance does not prevent the existence of humanity. In the same way, if materialists do not believe in the existence of the soul, their unbelief does not prove that there is no such realm as the world of spirit. The very existence of man's intelligence proves his immortality. Moreover, darkness proves the presence of light, for without light there would be no shadow. Poverty proves the existence of riches, for without riches, how could we measure poverty? Ignorance proves that knowledge exists, for without knowledge, how could there be ignorance? Therefore, the idea of mortality presupposes the existence of immortality. For if there were no life eternal, there would be no way of measuring the life of this world. If the spirit were not immortal, how could the manifestations of God endure such terrible trials? Why did Christ Jesus suffer the fearful death on the cross? Why did Muhammad bear persecutions? Why did the Bab make the supreme sacrifice? And why did Baha'u'llah pass the years of his life in prison? Why should all this suffering have been if not to prove the everlasting life of the Spirit? Christ suffered. He accepted all his trials because of the immortality of his Spirit. If a man reflects, he will understand the spiritual significance of the law of progress, how all moves from the inferior to the superior degree. It is only a man without intelligence who, after considering these things, can imagine that the great scheme of creation should suddenly cease to progress, that evolution should come to such an inadequate end. Materialists who reason in this way and contend that we are unable to see the world of spirit or to perceive the blessings of God are surely like the animals who have no understanding. Having eyes they see not, ears they have but do not hear. And this lack of sight and hearing is a proof of nothing but their own inferiority, of whom we read in the Quran, they are men who are blind and deaf to the spirit. 
They do not use the great gift of God, the power of understanding, by which they might see with the eyes of the Spirit, hear with spiritual ears, and also comprehend with a divinely enlightened heart. The inability of the materialistic mind to grasp the idea of the life eternal is no proof of the non-existence of that life. The comprehension of that other life depends on our spiritual birth. My prayer for you is that your spiritual faculties and aspirations may daily increase, and that you will never allow the material senses to veil from your eyes the glories of the heavenly illumination. Now let's go to the round table for a discussion on this talk. Hello, I'm Christian, I'm a clinical psychologist. And I'm Sophie, I'm a historian. Hi, I'm Hanato, I'm an IT business analyst. This whole idea of, of the spirit being eternal, indivisible and ever progressing, but mm -hmm. at the same time the master says, uh, do not stagnate, do not stand still, always move forwards. Because mm -hmm. when you stand still, you move backwards. So there was this whole, like, um, difficulty in understanding of how how can it be that the soul always progresses, but at the same time there's this potential danger of moving backwards. Mm -hmm. And then Renato had some ideas about that, that it's actually not, it can't move backwards. Yeah, for... For what I could understand from the, the talk, uh, it says that in nature, um, things e either make progress or lose ground. And by nature, I, I interpret nature as being the material world and, well, what we can see. And uh, further in the talk, Abdu'l-Baha talks about uh, how the soul is destined to uh, evolve forever. So uh, the soul, it, it, shows, it, it shows how the soul uh, has a, a different nature, using the word again, but uh, a different nature of uh, the material, um, material existence. So that while we're here, we can either, we are always either uh, progressing or going backwards, while the soul, once it reaches a determined uh, level, it cannot go backwards because the soul's, um, the soul's purpose is to always uh, evolve. I think it would be like uh, climbing a mountain and, well, basically once you get to a certain point, but I don't know, it's too, you're too tired or it's too cold or anything has happened and you decided, okay, I don't, I wish I was down at the bottom of a mountain. And all you do is to look to look at the bottom of the mountain, but you can't actually go down to the bottom of the, of the mountain. So it's sort of you're you're living uh, um, in the bottom of a mountain because that's what is that's what's in your mind at all times, and you're living as if you're there and you're uh, focusing your whole attention on there. But uh, thus, you're not progressing. But also, you're not back in the bottom in the bottom of the mountain. You're stuck in that point in the mountain. So I see that being stuck in that point of the mountain, the the soul uh, stopped for a certain while, um, while you are um, clinging to the things uh, that are below. But if they can just open their spiritual eyes, they will see that you are 
just standing there looking down and not going to the top where you should be going to. With that image, what comes to my mind is like um, with the sun, you know, like if you're facing the sun, you see the, the sun and its rays right in front of you. However, if your back's turned to the sun, all you see is your shadow, but you're still the same distance from the sun, if you know what I mean. And it made me think too about um, like um, that, you know, reading that, I felt a bit surprised by it because in my mind I thought, well, there are times that the soul is always either in progression or in decline, but that was, that, that'll, um, that's clearly kind of saying that there's not, that's not true. So I thought, well, another like metaphor that comes to mind is the, with the seed, you know, that the seed, when it germinates, it'll always grow towards the sun and it will move past any obstacles that are put in its way. But it was still, its, it's natural default position is to keep pushing forward towards the sun. It, it'll never it not grow. Yeah, you can't like go and like the chicken can't go back into the egg kind of. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think we should talk a little bit about the, the existence of a soul and mm. why that the master says uh, it's not because we can't see something that it doesn't mm. exist. So um, I don't know, maybe just like he also uh, he also said about uh, he likened this world to uh, to the life of a of a fetus uh, developing. And the fetus is not aware of the world that is to come. And mm. actually, the fetus is not even aware of itself, I guess. But it is uh, developing quali qualities and um, capabilities, if you will, to the next world he's going to be born into. Even though he can, he or she, uh, the fetus cannot, uh, cannot... Uh, don't know uh don't know what's going on and he can't actually see because well he doesn't even have eyes yet sometimes and uh, uh it doesn't mean that uh it doesn't exist and it it is not evolving um and i think the same thing happens here but uh we the difference is that we know that we can either uh speed up this um this evolution, or we can slow it down. Uh, I mean, the evolution of the soul. We can choose uh, to put um, barriers between the seed that is growing uh, or remove those barriers. But then we first, we first need to know there's a soul, right? Because uh, I, I don't know if you don't know there's a soul and the characteristics of a soul then I don't think you have a choice yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think what the point the master uh, makes in the in the talk is very very uh, very well put. That um, things in nature, I mean, in the world, they are uh, dual. So you know, you know, uh, darkness because of light, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, cold before because of warmth. So at the same. Th uh, at the same time, you for for you to n know the concept of mortality, you you have to um, you have to know the concept of immortality as well. 
And the master goes on saying, okay, uh, you cannot have a, a book if there is no writer. Mm. So at, uh, in the same way, you cannot have immortality if there is no something that is, more, is immortal. What I like about this talk is that the master kind of integrates um, scientific arguments and, f and philosophy, the way he, he brings across his, his thinking. And what you were saying also reminded me of all this research that's recently been done by, oh, I forgot the names, uh, people in America working together with the Dalai Lama and with uh, Buddhists and like studying the mind and how meditation affects the mind and these studies of when um, a whole bunch of people pray for a, a group of sick people and then there's a, what you call it, um, control group and then they actually see a difference. So there is like science and religion as, as um, the Baha'i faith also puts forward, science and religion are coming together and they are talking. But it's, yeah, as you say, we must keep on interacting. Yeah, I think um, mm. also in, um, in my area of work, there's, you know, for some years, they've kind of, there's been this discussion about how love um, is so beneficial to the growth of a soul and to neural neural development, mm. but it's been airy fairy because there's not been any science behind it. So it's been, and it's been a philosophy that's poo pooed a little bit. However, in, in recent years, in the last twenty years, especially the last ten, they've been able to um, really develop measurements about what they mean by love, and they've they're kind of um, really um, how would you say like um, boiling. The concept of love down into different measurable. component, measurable components, mm. and they're now able to, you know, measure it, so to speak, and see um, what um, what they what what actually love is like. For example, love between a mother and a child, mm. or an infant, and how that impacts on the infant's state of mind, their behaviour, mm. and and then later on in years, you know, right up to even when the infant is a parent, how they parent as well. Mm. So I, I guess, yeah, I can hear what you're saying there. It's like as time goes on, we'll find um, measures for what theoretically we believe exists. I find that idea of like when, it's, when he says it's not because um, uh, we don't believe or we don't see something, it doesn't exist. It's so exciting because it's like what's out there, you know, that we don't see yet. Very exciting. And I think like mm. when Renato was talking about the infant in the womb, I would, you would, I would imagine that the infant, and again, some research has shown this. The infant has a sense of what's on the outside, mm. you know, through voice and music, and um, and I, I, I don't know about you, but like I at times have this feeling about you get a sense of what's, mm. you know, in the spiritual world. And there's days when you feel when I feel closer. And I was going to say days when I feel I'm not, but I guess what Abdul Baha is saying is that well, you never, <laughs> never decline. So. But there's days when you can really feel mm. that you're closer to the next world. You know, so I guess we get a sense of it if mm. you really tune into it. Oh, yeah, I love this, you know, um, towards the end of the talk there, like on from paragraph 26. You know, Abdu'l-Bahá is talking about the, the stations of, mm. you know, from mineral to vegetable to animal to, to human. And that um, 
I, I think it's probably in the same light of what the discussion about just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because mm. we see, you know, I was, I was um, walking the other day and I saw this little beetle like crawling up, crawling up a column and I was just looking at this beetle and thinking, well, this beetle, I know this beetle is there, but does that beetle know that I'm here? Mm. And I had this whole conversation with myself about that and um, it got me to think about, well, what... What's um, what stations are above me mm. that know I'm here, but I have no idea that there's a, there's other stations above me, mm. and I, I got excited about that too, actually. Like, it, oh, and frustrated as well because on one one level <laughs> I felt, you know, you can kind of feel when you reach your ceiling, and you think, damn, I can't go above that ceiling. No, but not yet. Well, yeah, I mean. I guess, like, with the messengers of we God. We keep on growing, them. remember? The soul always <laughs> progresses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it did get me wondering about what's what's around me, that they they know I'm here, but I don't know that they're there, mm. whatever that is. Mm. And just as you were there with the beetle, they might be here, like, looking at you. Mm. And mm. You mm. Just can that see. human doesn't know. Exactly. Mm. I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> That's it for our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Special thanks to Mitch Dorn for sharing his song with us, as well as Abdullah Nourozi for reading the talk by Abdul Baha. Also thanks to our roundtable participants, Christian Holyoke, Renato Gilarducci, and Sophie Gesher. For more stories and information on Abdul Baha's travels, visit our site, thejourneywest.org. Thanks for listening. Bye.